Blog Talk Radio. I'm glad Lucas left behind for me. Oh, I did that, not you. I've incorporated that a couple times. I have a feeling that was a rapture joke, maybe. Was it? <laughs> yeah. I tell you what, let's stand together. Let's take a red songbook. One of these. And let's turn to number 204. To God be the glory, great things he had done. To God be the glory, great things he had done. So loved he the world that he gave us his son. Who yielded his life and atonement for sin. And open the life gates that all may go in. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son. And give him the glory, great things he hath done. Oh, perfect redemption, the purchase of God. To every believer, the promise of God. The vilest offender who truly believes. That moment from Jesus a pardon receive. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, great things he had done. Great things he had taught us, great things he had done, and great our rejoicing through Jesus the Son. But purer and higher and greater will be our wonder, our transport when Jesus we see. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the earth hear his voice. Praise the Lord, praise the Lord, let the people rejoice. Oh, come to the Father through Jesus the Son and give him the glory, 
great things he had done. I forgot you, Robert. <laughs> I got so caught up with the song, I forgot all about you back there, brother. Amen. We're going to take up this morning's offering here in a minute, but if we got any prayer requests this morning, when God's people come together and we pray together, there's power in prayer. If you've got a prayer request, let's make mention of it. Remember Burl Harvey family? He passed away. Okay. Well, let's remember to lift up his family in prayer and pray that if there's any in the family that's not saved, that God will use the service, his services to uh, bring them salvation. And just pray, pray for that. Others this morning. Yes, ma'am. We'll be doing that. We'll be praying. Yes, ma'am. Um, I had a friend whose son, um, Joe Jackson's age, uh, got, was in a Tell everybody that she misses everybody and she's really looking forward to being back. We we'll get her back Tuesday. <laughs> yep, yep. She'll be back Tuesday. Uh, I know y'all don't know him, but I, I lost a real good friend of mine this week. He passed away in his sleep and and uh, real close to their family group, going to church with them all, and, and they're grieving pretty hard. You know, I'll pray for the family of Jeff Elledge. <clears throat> Are there any others? Yes. Morgan. That's a blessing. Amen. All right. Um, listen, let's let's pray for God to meet with us today. Amen. You know, as the song says, all is vain unless the spirit of the Holy One come down. So let's pray for God to meet with us today. Pray for God to speak to you personally. Uh, and and remember and remember also we got we got a world of people listening into our services every week. And pray for somebody's salvation out there. Pray for somebody to come to know Christ. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Anything else? 
All right. Well, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Robert, lead us in prayer for the offering. Amen. You can be seated. Turn to number 252. 252. I'm pressing on the upward way. I'm pressing on the upward way. New heights I'm gaining every day. Still praying as I onward bound. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's stable land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. My heart has no desire to stay where doubts arise and fears dismay. Though some may dwell where these abound, my prayer, my aim is higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to live above the world, though Satan's darts at me are hurled. For faith has caught the joyful sound, the song of saints on higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. I want to scale the utmost height and catch a gleam of glory bright. But still I'll pray till heaven I found. Lord, lead me on to higher ground. Lord, lift me up and let me stand by faith on heaven's table land, a higher plane than I have found. Lord, plant my feet on higher ground. Amen. That ought to be our prayer every single day we live. Lord, I don't want to do like I did yesterday. I want to do better. Amen. I want to get higher up in my in my walk with you. Amen. 276, 276. We'll stand up on the inside. Amen. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus. Is that the wrong one? Give me the what's 331? Okay, we'll make it 331. There we go. 331. Stand up. 
judge, ye soldiers of the cross. Lift high his royal banner, it must not suffer loss. From victory unto victory, his army shall he lead. Till every foe is vanquished, and Christ is Lord indeed. Stand up, stand up for Jesus, a trumpet call obey. For to the mighty conflict in this his glorious day. Ye that are men now serve him against a numbered foe. Let courage rise with danger and strength to strength oppose. Stand up. Stand up for Jesus, stand in his strength alone. The arm of flesh will fail you, ye dare not trust your own. Put on the gospel armor and watching unto prayer. Where duty calls or danger, be never wanting there. Amen. One more time. 398. 398. Glory to his name. Everything in our life ought to bring that. And if it don't, we ought to question it. Down at the cross where my Savior died, down where for cleansing from sin I cried, there to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name, glory to his name, glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. I am so wondrously saved from sin. Jesus so sweetly abides within. There at the cross where he took me in. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. O precious fountain that saved from sin, I am so glad I have entered in. There Jesus saves me and keeps me clean. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. Glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. Glory to his name. Come to this fountain so rich and sweet. Cast thy poor soul at the Savior's feet. Plunge into day and be made complete. Glory to his name. Glory to his name, glory to his name. There to my heart was the blood applied. 
Glory to his name. Amen. Well, praise God. He deserves all the glory. We ought to ask ourselves, how much glory am I giving to the Lord? Am I doing it like I ought to? Amen. That's a worthwhile question. Come on, sister. I'm just trying to get fixed. <laughs> well, it's always a blessing when Lucas comes. Amen. Not just because just we get to say Lucas, but because his lovely wife gets to sing. Amen. And she's a blessing. Amen. I sure appreciate her singing for us. God, we all need that. I tell you right now, what a blessing it is to know that people are praying for you. I certainly ask you to pray for me. I ask you to pray for me even now as I get ready to preach, that God will give me what I need to give to you. And uh, I heard a preacher say one time, you know, if you don't like what the preacher's preaching on, pray for him. Say, God, please give him some better sermons. Amen. Give him something better to say. I ain't getting nothing out of it. Amen. Don't get mad. Swell up and quit. Just 
So God help him. Amen. All right. Hopefully, hopefully you're not saying that. All right. We're going to get into Matthew 26 this morning, and uh, we're going to be talking verses 1 through 5. So if you would turn there with me, Matthew chapter 26, verses 1 through 5. And we're going, to look at the, we're going to look at the Scripture in context. We're going to get what we can glean out of it. And then we're going to make some spiritual application this morning. Matthew chapter 26. And uh, give me just a moment to find my place. All right. Matthew 26, verses 1 through 5. The Bible says, And it came to pass... You know, those are some of my favorite words. Amen. There's a song that says it didn't come to be, it came to pass. Amen. And thank God when we go through some troubles and trials, it comes to pass. Amen. And it came to pass when Jesus had finished all these sayings, he said unto his disciples, Ye know that after two days is the feast of the Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests and the scribes and the elders of the people under the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas and consulted that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. And let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we come before you this morning. Lord, the best that we know how, we ask you, Lord, for your presence and your power, your mercy and your grace. Lord, give grace to your hearers. Lord, that we might take the word of God in, and Lord, that we might make application. Father, that it, the Holy Ghost may take it and stir us down deep in our soul and spirit to strive to do more for, for thee in this present world that we live in. Father, I pray, Lord, that you bring us comfort Lord, in knowing the kind of God that you are, and Lord, how merciful and gracious you are, Lord, that you went to Calvary and you died for sinners. Lord, that you, you didn't hold anything back. You gave everything you had. Lord, what a blessing, and I'm so thankful, Jesus, that you're my Savior this morning. I'm so thankful that I'm washed in your precious blood. So thankful, Lord, that I'm redeemed. I have a home in heaven waiting for me. And, Lord, that you'll carry me through this life all the way through, and you'll never leave me for one second. Lord, what a blessing. What a treasure it is to know you. Lord, I pray now for the people that will hear the message. I pray, Father, that they be spirit-filled listeners. Pray, Lord, that you hold their attention. And, Lord God, I pray that the message is, it, it does exactly what you intend for it to do. Speak to us. Let us know, Lord, your will for our lives. Help us, Father, along the way as we struggle to live for you. We love you so much. We ask for your favor. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. Well, just for the sake of continuity, let's briefly do what we did last week and set the scene, okay? As we know, Jesus went into Jerusalem, heralded as the king, Hosanna to the son of David, he went in riding on the foal of an ass, and, and, and when he got into the temple, listen, he began to cleanse the temple. They came to him one by one, tempting him. The Pharisees, the Sadducees, the Herodians, the chief priests, the elders, and the scribes, they all tested him. They all tried to, 
to find dirt on him. They all tried to have something to say, well, aha, look at there. Look what he said about this. Look how he, what he did about this. They all tried to find a reason to, call, to say blasphemy. They looked for a reason to, to uh, uh, have him arrested and, and killed. They wanted to get rid of him. And, uh, but none of it happened. None of it stuck. None of it was, was possible. And, and Jesus, uh, Jesus gave them an earful, and then he walked out of the temple, and he said to them, Your house is left unto you desolate. He said before that, he said, O Jerusalem, O Jerusalem, thou that killest the prophets and stonest them that have, that which are sent unto thee, how often would I have gathered thy children together, even as, a, uh, even as a hen gathereth her chickens under her wings, but you would not. Behold, your house is left unto you desolate. And he walked out of that temple for the last time, walked up onto the Mount of Olives, sat down there with his disciples, and as they were looking over the temple, the buildings there, the disciples not understanding what all he meant, what all was going on, and they began to, uh, to say, you know, look, look at the temple buildings, Jesus, look. And, 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 and Jesus told them, he said, there's not going to be one stone left on top of another. And uh, we've said it over and over again. A.D. 70, Titus came in. He sacked Jerusalem. He did exactly as Jesus said what happened to the temple. And then Jesus, they asked him, what, what shall be... Uh, when shall these things be, and what is the sign of thy coming and the end of the world? So he, in the verses, I mean, in, I'm sorry, in chapter 24, Jesus began to describe the things that were going to happen in, uh, concerning the end times. And even into verse 25, he goes, uh, chapter 25, he continues on. Uh, he, t he gives two parables, the parable of the, the virgins and the parable of the talents, uh, talking about the, uh, the, the judgment upon the Jews. Uh, on those who are who are, are saved during the the tribulation period, and those who reject Christ during the tribulation period, he, and then when we come down to the end of that chapter, we get to verse thirty one and following. Then he talks about the judgment of the nations, which will happen in the Valley of Jehoshaphat at the end of the tribulation period, just before the beginning, the millennium. So, whew, all right. Now we wind up here in in chapter twenty six. All right. And so it says, and it came to pass when Jesus had finished all of these things. The Olivet Discourse is finished. Jesus said to his disciples, You know that after two days is the feast of Passover, and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. Then assembled together the chief priests, the scribes, the elders, and the people in the, in the, unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas, and consulted they that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. But they said, not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar among the people. Now the first thing I see here is Jesus preparing the hearts of his disciples concerning his death, okay? <clears throat> Verses 1 and 2 there where he said, he said, he said, ye know that after two days, that after two days is the feast of the Passover and the Son of Man is betrayed to be crucified. He's told them this time and time again. He's tried to give them a warning. He's tried to give them uh, a heads up. This is going to take place. I am going to be crucified. 
he's, he told them that before. I can think of one right here I've got in front of me in Matthew 17, uh, verses 22 and 23. The Bible says, And while they abode in Galilee, Jesus said unto them, The Son of Man shall be betrayed into the hands of men, and they shall kill him. And the third day he shall be raised again. And they were exceeding sorry. They, they said, no, 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 no. But you know what happened immediately following that? That's when, that's when James and, and John's mama come in and said, hey, let's, can, just do me a favor, Jesus. Can one sit on one side and one sit on the other in your kingdom? I mean, that, it went right over their head. They, it, it made them sad for a second to hear him say this, but then, but then they forgot it. Okay, they they could it didn't it wasn't registering in their mind, and I tell you why it wasn't registering in their mind because they believed that he was going to set up his kingdom immediately. I mean they 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 anticipated it. They anticipated that Christ was going to rule and reign on the earth. They, I mean they they'd heard it in the prophecies all through the Old Testament. I mean they they knew those prophecies, and so they they were anticipating something different than what happened. Now, us looking back, we got clear vision. It's easy for us to understand. But it's kind of like, it's kind of like when you're going through something, you don't know what's going to happen in the future. And even though somebody might say, well, hey, such and such is going to take place, well, we ain't got there yet. Okay? So we have to put ourselves in the shoes of the disciples to really grasp their, their outlook. Okay? But see, the difference is here, Jesus has put a timeline on it. You think God's not in control? God's in control. Jesus told Jesus said, "Here's when it's going to happen." Okay, and listen, those <laughs> Caiaphas and and the and the and, and the scribes and the chief priests and uh, and the elders, they were trying to figure out when it was going to happen. Jesus knew when it was going to happen. Amen. Now, I want you to understand. Now, he, he told them he was going to be crucified. Again, he told them. But now he's telling them when. I'll give you an example of something. Let's say somebody goes to the doctor, and they're having some trouble, and, and the doctor says, well, after some tests, we've determined that you have cancer. Now, that's a blow. But when he says, we've determined you have cancer, and you have three months to live, now it's serious. As long as it's just you have cancer, we can treat it. That's different than you've got three months. There's a finality to it. And this finality was going to hit these disciples hard. And I try, again, I try to put myself in their shoes. I try to imagine what it would be like to be one of his disciples hearing him say that in two days, or or rather not in two days, but in, in just a few days. In just a few days, I'm going to be crucified. I mean, we're on a Tuesday here. He's going to be crucified before the end of the week. And they're realizing that the one that they left everything to follow is leaving them. And they'll be without him. And they're going to have to face the world without him right there walking with them. Don't you know worry hit them? Well, what's going to happen? What's going to happen when he's not here? He's always taking care of everything. He's always, he's always gotten us out of messes we've got ourselves into because they got themselves into one mess after another. The disciples remind me of what they used to call the keystone cops. I mean, they're just bumbling out and tripping over their own feet. 
they, they, I mean, they're no different than us. I mean, we can be a pretty big embarrassment to the Lord at times. But and and they were too. What 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 he's gone? What are we going to do? Anxiety must have gripped them. Just fear. And you know, and disbelief. I mean, I mean, I, I'm still in disbelief that my friend Jeff passed away in his sleep Monday. I, I'm, I'm still in disbelief of learning that. It's the guy I ran around with, and we were like brothers growing up, and and and, and he's gone. It's hard for me to wrap my mind around that. <clears throat> but you realize this? They also realize once he's gone, we got to continue this ministry. There was a lot of things going through their minds uh, and, and that they were trying to, to deal with here. But I want you to understand something else. At the very same time, there's two scenes going on here. Okay, at the very same time that he's bringing them in intimately, and 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 and, and he and understand that too. The, the the further they went along in his ministry, the more intimately close that they became. He he draws them in, and and, and he's he's telling them more than he's ever told them before. And but at the same time, on in another part of town, there's another gathering going on. Verse 3 and 4, the Bible says, Then assembled together the chief priests and scribes and the elders of the people unto the palace of the high priest who was called Caiaphas. All of them gathered around, and they I, I don't know whether they sat around a table or, or they stood around or what they did, but they all gathered around Caiaphas, and they all tried to come up with a plan. They all wanted to find a way to end the life of Jesus Christ. He was causing them... Grief. He was ruining their religion that they made so much money off of and that they had so much power over the people with, that they controlled an element of society with. And, and, and they, had, they had made themselves rich off of it. They, they're very much like the politicians of today. Uh, listen, they'll tell the people what they want to hear as long as it keeps them in power and taking advantage of the people. And, that, and that's very similar to what we had here with, with, with the religious leaders of Israel in this day. The Bible says, and they consulted. Notice it says that they might take Jesus by subtlety and kill him. Now, there's a reason for that, and the Bible tells us that. It's because they, they, said, they said that... The, they couldn't do it on a feast day lest there be an uproar amongst the people. And they, they knew that the, the, the people the people loved Jesus, so, so they didn't want to do it. Listen, let me tell you something. I know this is not going to break any news to you, but the devil doesn't play fair. Okay? He's never played fair. Amen? If we go all the way back to the beginning, flip to the front of your Bible to Genesis chapter 3. Let's look at the devil and how he works on things for a second. Genesis chapter three. Let's look at let's look at verses one through six. Shouldn't take you long to find that. Amen. Now the serpent was more what? Subtle. Didn't they say they were going to take Jesus by subtlety? The serpent was more subtle. We say sneaky. That's the good word for it. A good a good uh, synonym. He was more sneaky or subtle than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, God said, You shall not eat of every tree of the garden. 
He just wanted to put the idea in her mind that maybe, maybe, maybe that's not God's word. Amen? You know what? That's why I like this old King James Bible. It's God's word from cover to cover. It's not like those phony versions where they'll put an asterisk next to something and then put in the margins. Well, this is not in the better manuscripts. You know what they do in there? Hath God said? Amen. That's why I like this old one right here. Amen. That's why I, I don't like it. I love it. Amen. It's the only one there is. Amen. In my estimation, praise God. Now listen. He said, did God really say that you can't eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said and the serpent said, we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said you shall not eat of it, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Wait a minute, she wasn't quoting God. She was making up stuff on her own. God didn't say nothing about touching it. He said don't eat it. And he, he didn't say, lest you die. He said, you shall surely die. And the serpent said unto the woman, you shall not surely die. See, the devil knows the Bible better than a lot, of, a lot of believers do. He was quoting it better than she was. Amen. And then God, for God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as God's, knowing good and evil. You see, the devil, the devil was saying to them, you don't need God. Eat that fruit and you can be your own gods. Doesn't that sound familiar? It's been in nearly every, I mean, listen, every generation has had songs that say those very things. I was thinking of some last night. I mean, the older generation, they had old blue eyes, old Frank Sinatra. I did it my way. What's he saying? I don't need God. I'll do what I want to. Amen? Then you roll around the 60s, and you had the Isley brothers. It's your thing. Do what you want to do. Hey, you can do what you want to do. It's your thing. It's your life. Roll around here later, Bon Jovi. It's my life. It's now or never. I ain't going to live forever. Do what I want to do. Listen, all of, whether it be country, whether it be rock, whether it be R&B, they've all preached the same message, and it came right out of the Garden of Eden. Amen. Te television shows. You can take a kindergartner in, kind in kindergarten class, and they say, just believe in yourself, follow your heart. You can do and be anything you want to do. Wake up back here. Wake up him with something, Dan. Amen. He looks sleepy to me. Amen. I'm telling you, he lays over. Bump his ear. He'll be all right. Amen. <clears throat> Amen. Shame everybody on the internet got to hear that. Amen. <laughs> but that's that's what society society wants us to believe we can do whatever we want to without God. Okay? But they don't but they do it in a subtle way. They sing it to you. They make it sound sweet. They teach it to you in sweet tones and you're a little kid in kindergarten. They 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 do not want to listen to what God has to say. And that's the very reason all these men are gathered together in Caiaphas' house. For the very same reason that people walk up to, to people on the street trying to preach the gospel to people who walk in by and say, you're doing it wrong! That's not the way Jesus would have done it! Well, have you ever watched videos of street preachers? I, I urge you to, if you never have. And I know some of them out there have got the wrong... 
idea. They're out there just hollering and screaming at people, and 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 there's a way you got to preach Christ. Amen. You can't you can't you can't sit and, and I, I realize you got to use the law too to show them they're sinners, but but there's some out there that do it wrong. But when you find uh, when you find somebody just preaching Christ, there people come right up to them, get in their face and scream at them and say they are believers, they're Christians, and you're doing it wrong. They're hateful to them. You know what? They don't they don't want. They don't want God ruling over them. So they would rather shut that up. They tried to shut Jesus up over and over again. You remember when he went down to Nazareth? What they do? They tried to run him off a cliff. You know why they couldn't kill him? Wasn't the appointed time. Amen? It was not the appointed time. So back to the Garden of Eden. So the woman saw the tree was good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise. She took the fruit thereof and did eat, and gave also to her husband with her, and he did eat. So that's, that's how the devil works. He does not play fair. He's sneaky. He'll trick you. He'll make... Listen, let me tell you something. The devil will never... Let me stop before I say that. The alcoholic, I can assure you, the alcoholic, when he takes his first drink of alcohol, he doesn't lie or her life, they never think, I want to be an alcoholic. They just, hey, they just seen the commercial on TV where the beer foams up and the foam runs down the side of the glass and the beads of sweat running down it, and they think, boy, hot that sure looks good. So-and-so drank, so they all right. I, it won't hurt me none. I'm going to tell you, the, I, I can't imagine for the life of me what would make anybody want to want to snort or shoot methamphetamines into their into their veins or snorted into their, their nostril. I can't for the life of me, but this this whole county's ate up with it. And, and not just this one, the one next to it over here and one next to it over here and one next down there and one up there. I'll, and that whole state up north of us. I mean, it's eat up. Now, who in the world thinks the first time, well, I want, I want my teeth rotted out and I want to dry up to nothing. I want to sit and twitch constantly. Who thinks that? Nobody. They don't realize what they're getting themselves into. They, by subtlety, they're drawn into it. The devil never shows you the back door of sin. He only shows you the grand entrance, just like a casino. I guarantee you, you go down to Las Vegas, Nevada, and you go down that main strip, man, all them pretty lights and everything, they don't ever show you the back alley where the dumpster is and where the drunk's out there vomiting next to it. And, 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 and you, they don't show you that side of Vegas. They just show you the glamour. Well, there's no glamour. Amen? See, the, the devil's just a dirty, rotten scoundrel. He's a sneaky mudslinger. You see, that's what they were trying to do to Jesus. They were trying to find some mud they could sling on him because they knew the people... He, and they knew their opinion of Jesus. They knew that, that people, people liked Jesus. People wanted to follow Jesus. And Jesus always drew a crowd, and people were excited. I mean, they had saw him come in. They'd seen him come into Jerusalem. And they saw how the people had, had thrown their, their garments down in front of him and, 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 through the, and through the palm branches. I mean, they knew that people are favorable toward Jesus, and we've got to do something. But you see, they said, not on the feast day lest there be an uproar among the people. So they had to come up with a way. They had to come up with something. 
just laying mud at him and turned the people against him. Now, that's the context. Now, we got 15 minutes and we'll make application. What are some things that I see in this that we can take home with us? Okay? What's something you and I can take home with us and use? Number one, I see in this, God gives grace when grace is needed. Jesus knew everything that would happen to his disciples once he was crucified. He knew every trial they would face. He knew all about, he, he knew all about uh, them getting beaten and jailed. He knew, he, knew about, he knew about Stephen stoning for whatever happened. He knew all the things that were going to happen. And he'd been preparing them for some time. In Matthew twenty seventeen through 19, the Bible said, And Jesus, going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. The Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and they shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And the third day he shall rise again. Now, again, we've just gone through Jesus teaching them about the end times. And like I said just a minute ago, he, he, again, he, he, they got, he, got, he drew closer to them. He drew them closer into himself. He, he drew his circle in tighter. And, he, and he, 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 he began to reveal things to them more clearly as the closer they got to Calvary. Uh, he wanted to prepare them for what would come. And he was giving grace to them. He was strengthening them for what was about to take place. God does that. God does that as he prepares his children for tasks that are before them. God has, God has had to do that to me many times. And I'm not trying to brag on me. Again, I, I'm not going to brag on me. But I can tell you from personal experience that I have gone through some things in my life that I did not real, I didn't think I was going to live through. Let me just share with you one little personal experience that I really didn't know how to handle. This was early on in my ministry. And uh, I was in uh, Paris and uh, down off Southwest 3rd, over kind of in a rougher neighborhood behind the farmer's market. We were meeting in, a, in, a, in an old grocery store building that we were converting into a church building. And uh, again, we were very, very small and, and uh, just just beginning to get off the ground as a church and I had a family in that church. I may have told this story before, but I'm going to tell it again because can't nobody tell it like I can. So, um, But anyway, um, had a family in the church, and the wife and the children were very faithful. She was teaching a Sunday school class, but the husband, he didn't show up very often. When he did, he really didn't look like he was very interested. And uh, long story short, I uh, found out that he was uh, he was uh, doing drugs on the weekend, and when I say doing drugs, I mean smoking crack cocaine. He would spend up all of his money, all the money he made during the week, and not only that, he was in a he was in a homosexual relationship with another man. And I and it came to my attention. I didn't search it out. God God allowed me to learn these things, and with that knowledge, I had to go to the wife. I couldn't just keep it from her, so I. I sat her down and had to tell her what I knew of her husband. 
And uh, needless to say, she was devastated. Sunday morning was Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday morning. And I got to the church early that morning. I was the first one pulled up. And when I pulled up, well, I found out I wasn't the first one because he was there waiting on me. When I pulled up, I thought, oh, boy, it's either going to be a fight or a gunfight, one of the two. I don't know which. And I got out of my, my vehicle and I walked over there and I said, good morning. He said, why didn't you tell her that? I said, because it's true. And she needed to know. He said, it's not true. I said, no, I know it's true. You see, how I knew it was true, I also knew the other man. And he told me, because I invited him to church, and he said, I can't come to your church. And I said, why not? And he told me why. Um, so this man, he, 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 he said, well, I'm going to jail. I'm going to go turn myself in. I got some warrants. I just need to go to jail. That would be the best. I said, yeah, that would be the best thing for you. Bye. So he left. And uh, we had church that morning, had a good service. We were having, we were having outdoor uh, uh, fellowship meet, a meal on the grounds outside, and we had tables set up and everything. And and uh, we were in, I was in a Sunday school room putting ice in glasses after church, and I heard I heard a I heard his kids come running down the hall hollering, "My daddy's here! My daddy's here!" I said, "Oh no!" And before I could get outside, I heard the tires squealing, gravel hitting the side of the building, and he took off down the street and plowed into an oak tree. Now, folks, I want to tell you something. They didn't train me in Bible college how to deal with that. They don't tell you what to do when things like that happen. God had to give me grace to deal with it. Because had he not, Redneck would have jumped out of me and probably on that guy. My flesh said, beat this guy to a pulp. I can't do that, though. That's what my flesh was screaming. This guy is, 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 is ruining his family, and he doesn't care. God has to give you grace sometimes in crazy situations just to handle it right. And these disciples, they had no idea how to handle what they were about to face, but God gave them grace for that. Amen? We serve a, we serve a personal God who is, who is intimately involved in our lives. Everything, he knows how many, we were joking about hairs on our head this morning, but listen, he knows how many there are. Not so many on others as there are on some, amen. But listen, he knows how many there are. He knows how many cells comprise your body. He's a very involved God, and he gives grace where grace is needed. Number two, let me say to you that we can take home from this is that nothing takes God by surprise. God never one time ever said, whoops, oops, or uh-oh. I've said this a thousand times if I've ever said it once, but if God ever said whoops or uh-oh or, 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 or something of that nature, I believe the material universe would disappear because he would cease to be God if God ever was surprised by anything. God will never be shocked. Everything you ever faced and everything you ever have gone through and everything you will ever go through, God knows about it. Again, I have faced heartaches, griefs, things where, where I, I had no idea how I would live through, but God 
knew about it before I got there. And God, again, he, had, he never left me in any of it. He supported me. He held me up. What Grant was talking about in Sunday school, when I'm weak, then am I strong? I look at it, I look at it from this context. Listen, that is, a, that is a vacuum in my life that only God can fill. And Paul said he, he, he rejoiced over being weak because that gave God a void to fill in his life. It's a deficit that only God can supply. And when God supplies it, it's more than I ever needed. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing takes him by surprise. Romans 8.28, we know what it says. We know that all things work together for good to them that love God. Everything, the good and the bad, it's all according to his sovereign plan. To them who are called according to his purpose. My life is lived for the purpose of glorifying God, of giving God honor, of, of, of pointing people to Christ and showing them his salvation. That's my purpose. And everything works together for that purpose. Number three. What's the third thing we can learn from this? Well, sometimes attacks come from places you don't expect. Amen. In Psalm 41, 9, the Bible says, Yea, mine own familiar friend, in whom I trusted, which did eat of my bread, hath lifted up his heel against me. Every day during Jesus' ministry, Judas walked beside him. Amen this preaching, smiled, greeted people, patted them on the back, looked the part, acted the part. People had confidence in him. He was respected, and yet he betrayed the Lord. Every night when Jesus laid his head down on, on, his, on his bedroll or whatever he had to lay his head on, Judas was doing the same right there in the camp with him, right there in the group with him. They never, the rest of them never once considered that they had a traitor in their midst. Even all the way up to the Lord's Supper, they still, they didn't get it. Even when Judas walked out, they still didn't get it. Attacks come from places you don't expect. Sometimes they come from people you love. I'm going to tell you, as a pastor, I, and, and, and I don't anticipate it with you, but in the almost 20 years of ministry over at Faith Baptist, I mean, we had some great years. Don't get me wrong, I had some great years. Had, had great years with great people. But there were some years there with some times where I had people just stab me in the back unmercifully. People that I really trusted that I really confided in. Had them turn on me like a snake. And that hurts. It really hurts. It's hard to deal with such as that. But God give you grace. I mean, they come, sometimes they come from people you've labored over and you're invested in and you've given to and you've, you've given financially, you've given mentally, you've given emotionally, you've done everything you can possibly do for somebody. You give of yourself until you can't give anymore and they turn right back around and they take advantage of you or they lie on you or they try to do you in somehow. It happens. You're going to face things like that in life if you haven't already. And if you haven't already, God bless you. But I suspect greater are the group that has had that happen to them by someone they love. 
Well, you know, they come from people you trust. But realize, no matter how bad it hurts, Jesus knows what it's like. Jesus knows exactly what that's like. Amen? You know, a church is going to be strong until it turns on its, on itself. A church will be strong working for the Lord until that church starts turning on, members turn on members. I heard a story years ago, and I think I'll tell it this morning because it relates to this. Dr. Curtis Hudson told a story about his son, Tony. His son, Tony, is a pastor up at Middle Tennessee Baptist Church now, but he, he was a he was a teenager during this time and, and a coon hunter. And him and a bunch of his buddies, they, they'd go coon hunting up there in Tennessee in the woods. And, and uh, they'd all pile up in this old truck and, and with a floppy fender and put the dogs in the back in the, in the dog box. And they'd go out in the woods and get out there and hunt. And he said he'd ask, Tony would ask him many times to go with him, and he'd always put him off. You know, he will not get out in the middle of the night and cold. And, you know, he had better things to do. But he said, I realized... You know, when he asked me, the way he walked away when I told him no, I realized that he probably will never ask you again. He said, and I told him, whoa, 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 hang on, hang on, hang on. I'll go with you. Oh, they got excited. He called up his buddy. Hey, daddy's going with us. Daddy's going with us. And and, and said, we, we got up at about, about 2.30 in the morning, drove out in the woods. He said, it's cold, 20-something degrees. And I'm thinking, what are you doing out here, Curtis? You freeze your hiney off. Get out of these woods. What are you doing? Get back in the bed. He said, but but he said, but I said, oh, I'm going because my boy, I'm going my boy. He said, he said, and we got out there. He said, and uh, he said, and they opened that gate on them dog box, let them dogs out. He said, and he said, and we head out through them woods. He said, he said, and here in a minute, one of them dogs smelled a coon. Oh! He said, and then another joined in with him. Oh, hoo, hoo. he said, he said, well, all them dogs started barking together in unison. He said, you never heard nothing so beautiful in your whole life out there in them woods like a southern gospel quartet. He said, and reckon here in a minute, one of them said, sick him, preacher, sick him, preacher. And he said, preacher? You gonna name a dog preacher? He said, deacon maybe, but never preacher. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> but, but regardless, he said, he said, you know, he said, I won't tell you everything happened there. He said, but regardless, they, they treed the coon. We got the coon and you know, and got several of them. He said, we headed back, and, and uh, he said, they loaded them dogs up in the box. He said, the biggest fight broke out that you ever heard in that box. He said, and God showed me something that night. He said, them dogs like Christians. He said, you get them out on the scent of, of what they're supposed to be chasing, which is lost sinners. He said, they'll work together. And they'll get the job done. He said, but if you shut them all up in a church, they'll tear one another apart. Our job is not in here. Our job is out there. Amen? Let's not ever forget that. Our job is not to look down our nose at each other and try to fix each other. Listen, our job is to lift one another up in prayer. That's where attacks come from when we stop, when we get our focus off. Number four, and I'm done. Trust Christ even when it doesn't make sense. Didn't make sense to them disciples what he was saying to them. That was not what they expected. I mean, listen, we know that someday Christ is coming and he's going to sit on the throne of David. We know that. Like I said earlier, we know how the story ends, but they did not. They were looking for him to reign. 
not to die. And they could not make sense of it. They just had to trust him. Well, you know what the Bible says over in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6? Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not unto thine own understanding. In all thy ways acknowledge him, and he shall direct thy paths. Trust him with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. Don't listen to what people out here say. Don't listen to, to, to what's being said on social media. Listen to the Lord. Don't listen to the, to, to the, to the fake news, <laughs> the lamestream media. Don't listen to those liars in Washington. They don't have the answers. They can't tell you. They can't tell you what's going to happen. God knows. You say, well, it just don't make sense. This world is in a mess. This world's upside. Well, let's cling tighter to God. Let's keep our eyes on Him. Let's finish the job. Amen? Let's finish the job for the Lord. Amen? Well, you and I are in a, in a blessed uh, position. You and I, we have to realize, we are so blessed to live right here at the door of His coming. We have a chance to live right up into the sound of the trumpet. And why not, why not go out valiantly? Amen? Uh, why not resist and, and go against everything that our mind tries to tell us that, that we need to be quiet, we need to hush because we don't want to upset the masses out there who hate what we're doing. Be bold for God. Be bold for Christ. Even if people don't want to hear it, tell them anyway. Tell them anyway. Tell them in love, but tell them anyway. A lot of things don't make sense. You know, when Jesus, when Jesus let Lazarus die and stay in the grave as long as he did, it didn't make a lot of sense to Mary and Martha. You remember, they went out to him. Jesus, Martha said, if you'd have been here, he wouldn't have died, Jesus. He wouldn't have died. didn't make a lot of sense to her. But you know what? But the reason for him being dead that long was what? For God to get all the glory. And he did. Continually, after that, people would come to Lazarus, just wanting to see him. Can you believe he's alive? He was dead for days. You know when God told Abraham to go up on top of that mountain, go up on the side of that mountain, rather, and, and, and sacrifice his only son? Didn't make a lot of sense. But you know what? Abraham just trusted God anyway. He couldn't, he didn't, he couldn't see, I mean, he, he, he didn't know, but he just trusted God. I know, he, I know he said, me and the lad will come again. He, that was through the eye of faith. He had to just not lean on his own understanding because I can guarantee you everything in his own understanding was saying, don't kill my boy. But he had to trust God. And in the end, God got the glory, didn't he? So let me say to you this morning, don't trust your thinking against God because your mind will lie to you. Your heart will lie to you. This book won't lie. God won't lie. Amen? You can trust God when you can't see him. The Bible says about Moses, he endured as seeing him who is invisible. He just, he just trusted God. Amen? Let's stand our feet. And I say to you this morning and to all who are listening in, 
Life don't make sense sometimes. But I tell you what really doesn't make sense. That's dying in your sins and going to hell. God has provided us the sacrifice. He has crucified his only begotten son and let him bear our sins. I say to you this morning, if you're not saved, today is the day of salvation. Come to Christ, believe on him, and be born again. I say this morning, if things in your life are out of, out of whack, if, if things just don't seem right, if, if you've wandered and you've, you, you've, you've, you've drifted from God, come home. You won't find anything making sense outside of him. Come home. Listen, we've got altars up here for a reason. If we don't ever use them, we might as well remove them. They're here for people to come and pray. Amen? Listen, we we ought to do business with God today. Let's ask God to work in our lives. Amen? Let him have his way with you this morning. We're going to sing number 401, Only Trust Him. Come every soul by sin oppressed. There's mercy with the Lord, and he will surely give you rest by trusting in his word. Only trust him, only trust him, only trust him now. He will save you, he will save you. He will save you now. For Jesus shed his precious blood, rich blessing to be so. Plunge now into the crimson flood that washes white as snow. Only trust him, only trust him. Only trust him now. He will save you. He will save you. He will save you now. Amen. I just praise God that he saved my soul. Amen. And his way's always been perfect. Amen. Sometimes it didn't make sense when I was going, walking into it, but on the other side, I seen where the hand of God had worked. Amen. I I look back today on all those things, those heartaches, and I see the good that came out of them. Sometimes sometimes it takes years before you see the good that comes out of something. It's not we're not we don't we don't live in an instant gratification world, even though we'd like to. Sometimes God's moving, sometimes his working's very slow and very quiet. Just trust him when you can't see what he's doing. Any word from anybody before we dismiss this morning? Well, amen. We're going to have church tonight, so don't forget, 6 o'clock. Let's be back in the house of the Lord. Sure good to have sure good to have visitors with us this morning. We're just thrilled to have every one of you. Amen. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. All right. Brother Tony, why don't you dismiss us this morning? Lord, we thank you for the ones that's on the prayer list and the ones that's for special prayer. 
request this morning that you take care of those things. Amen. Hey, there's some to-go donuts back here. <laughs> yep, they was for here, but now they're to-go. Well, you got you to quit looking like you're about to sleep then. Okay, okay. Sure look like you sleep to me. Okay, well, you look sleepy. <laughs> God bless you, Brother Tony. I see you this evening. Yeah, I like we are. Okay. Tammy, God bless you. Lucas? Okay. Thank you for the song. Oh, you did you did wonderful. Did wonderful. Okay, none of y'all got the coronavirus, do you? Oh, I'm tired of the double standard. You don't ring the bell on him. <laughs> He's the boss. <laughs> don't jack with the boss. <laughs> He'll fire the bell ringer. I, I tell my wife, I said, well, I bet the Corona Beer Company has hated this virus. <laughs> because on the one hand, they've gotten all kinds of, of, of name recognition, but it's in a bad way. Yeah. She said, yeah, I think it hurt their sales. <laughs> uh, my grandbaby is sick. One of the next door there. And then Robert had to go to the bikini and all Friday night. Well, he was still just running fever, 